Hello and welcome to the First Hand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and folks, we are back with another great episode. I'm joined today by pro prospect wide receiver at a Winston-Salem State University, Keon Fogg. Keon, how we doing today, man? Doing good. I'm doing good, man. Bless. How about good. yourself? I'm doing well, man. I'm super pumped to have you on. Super cool story. And we're, we're going back to a state that for some reason we've been going to a lot lately, and that's down there in North Carolina. I don't know. Like a month ago, I had not had anybody on who had played high school football in North Carolina. And now I feel like I'm just like North Carolina high school football keeps coming on my show. So uh, I definitely pumped to get into your story, man. Tell me a little bit to start. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, you know, how you came to the game of football, man. Um, so I'm from a small town, small town called Henderson. It's um, it's about a good 45 minutes from the Raleigh Durham area. Uh, there's played small high school ball, 3A ball, a school called Northern Vans High School. Uh, so I was there. I started playing the game. Uh, it's 10th grade. It was 10th grade. Uh, that's, that's, that's when I picked up the ball and started playing. Uh, but like I said, I always had the passion and drive to just, you know, just be watching the games and stuff on TV. But I didn't really get engaged until 10th grade. So, so what and I always you- played receiver. Oh, what keeps you from playing football at a young age, you know? I mean, what, 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 and then what made you want to start, I guess, in the 10th grade, too? I was trying to focus on basketball, you know. <laughs> and the thing was, is that, um, how that came about was so late, uh, with starting at 10th grade because even growing up, I was playing right basketball, playing right basketball. And, um, ninth grade, I tried out for basketball, I didn't make it, so you know, and that right there. Light bulb, you know, son, that's the best thing that happened to me. I'm glad I didn't make it, you know what I'm saying, because we wouldn't know, you know, how far I would have got with this game. Uh, so I'm glad that's how it started, yeah. So you get on the field as a wide receiver. Um, obviously, you, you know, coming into 10th grade, guys have been playing for a few years. So did, did it click right away? Did you get on the field and, you know, toast a guy for your first route, or was there some learning curves there when you first get on the field? Uh, it was a couple learning curves, you know, as far as me being with, I was probably about a good five five majority until like my senior year. So, you know, I played some behind some guys. Um, there were some guys that was that was real talented. Uh, like I said, they might not have had the grades to go to school. But um other than that, he was just learning learning, like putting in a lot of extra work over the summer with one of my trainers uh, named Kim Cross, which I still train with to this day. Um, so he helped me out, moved me, you know, until being receiver and knowing how to maneuver and do things to execute. So, you know, like you talked about growing up in a small town in North Carolina, but your college journey started out rather uniquely. You uh, went all the way across the country to California to play, you know, not just Juco football, but California Juco, which folks, you know, on our show, we've covered a lot of California Juco's and the resounding theme is, is that is a different beast out there. So I, I got to start with how do you end up? at Fullerton College, all the way from North Carolina. How'd you, how'd you wind up out there? Uh, just the opportunity, you know, posting stuff on Twitter, uh, doing my own background look on it. I looked into Last Chance U, you know, and stuff like that. Obviously, those Jugos were well-mannered, you know, being they had room and board. Um, but just that, and then seeing the success rate that they had, uh, one of these good buddies I met uh, named Sonny Richardson. 
they played out at um, Mesa Community College out in Arizona, and we were talking the stuff through a lot through Instagram, and he gave me points to let me know, like, hey, there's JUCOs, you know, all over the world. So I started beginning just emailing and Twitter DMing, and, you know, uh, Coach Campbell, he had him just reach back out to me in the email. So I did some rematch. I did some investigation on them to see the people that were getting out and where they were going their success rate. And they had a, a lot of guys, I mean by guys, a lot of receivers in that room going D1, you know, and that's that's where it came about. But like I said, as far as that struggle, it was just rough, you know. It, 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 it was real rough because when I first got out there, um, they paired me with two guys. One of them name was Marcus and um, one of them name was uh, Krista. And like I said, what we did was we hopped on Craigslist and found a living room to lease out, you know, and that's what we did. And um, that's where we stayed, you know, throughout the whole junior college journey. And like I said, it was rough and, you know, a lot of mental, but when you get to practice, you kind of, that quick 45 to an hour really takes you away from that, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that I kind of went through that. I feel like I needed that because it helped me grow as a, as a man, you know, and, and I'm, I thank God for that, you know, for, for Fulitzer. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys who have played Juco out in California and I've talked to guys who were, they said, I, you know, they ate canned beans for three meals a day. Cause that's what they could afford. And, you know, wow. guys, you know, some crazy stories that I'm just like, man, you got to really love the game to do it. So did you ever have a moment when you're out there, you're that far away from home, you know, the grind of Juco itself. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, man, do I want this? Or was it always just full gas all the way from the moment you got out there? Uh, it was full of gas. I mean, I said, I never questioned it. I never thought about giving up. It's because um, like my coach, he told us out there before, some of y'all, if y'all go home, where y'all going home too? You know, and just to hear those words, I mean, I, said, I, I always got this curse to be like, man, uh, like, you know, I'm going through a tough time, but I would never say, hey, I'm going to get back on the plane and go back over there. It's, you know, it was no need if I'm already in. Let me just go ahead and finish. You never know what's at the other end. But it wrote, you know, it's temporary. And I always say, like, it's nothing, it's nothing home. You know, nothing home but violence and, you know, and, you know, just all that. So I was like, hey, I don't want, you know, I don't want to go back to that. Let me make the best out of my opportunities out here and get through this. Because this may be hard, but going back home, living there for the rest of your life, that's even harder. So, you know, so. You know, and you obviously had a lot of success out there in California, you know. <laughs> you did well enough to have the opportunity to get recruited, to continue playing football. So take me through what your recruiting process was like while you're at that Juco level. Uh, I had some bigger schools at the time. Uh, the biggest school I've talked to out there was uh, Texas Tech. Uh, like I said, they didn't never, I didn't get the opportunity uh, as far as with the height. And uh, that's what kind of, you know, that's what kind of did a five nine five ten. You know, coming in like that, that's where you can go get somebody from a Kansas Juco that, you know, they can be a little bit built more and structured versus somebody coming in 5'9", 5'10", at 145. And that's what I weighed throughout my time in Juco. I was 145, yes. <laughs> Very little. So, so, I mean, talk about a little bit, because a lot of guys who, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys whose size was the thing that kept them from getting the big offer. They had all the talent. The speed was there, the catch radius and everything, but the size wasn't there. 
being 145 pounds as a college receiver, I mean, you don't hear that very often. So talk about the chip on your shoulder that you were able to develop that carried you into what ultimately led to a division one opportunity. Um, you know, just, just me with coach Odoms, you know, Dawson Odoms is a great coach. You know, he's down there in Norfolk state now, but I mean, it was a blessing for him to come and get me from Juco, you know, you know, I feel like that, I don't know, it just made me grind hard. It made, it made me grind, wanted me, made me want to work even harder on little stuff as in how can I get in and out of my brakes quicker or how can I move faster than this person right here? You know, he's maybe a little more taller than me. He is that six-plus radius. How can I show on the platform that I'm better than you? You know, and that's that's kind of where – that's what I kind of – that's what I focused on throughout a lot of my time with junior college and transitioning to Southern University. You know, when you get to Southern University, it's D1 football. So you go from that California JUCO to D1 football. Did you have a moment, maybe a practice, where you were like, holy cow, I'm playing D1 football. These are some dogs out here. No, no, I didn't kind of in a way. Because, uh, like I said, I'm, and I, like you cut on the TV, even that championship game the other day, uh, Juco Frizzy posted said that there was about 27 guys that was on a Juco roster, you know, and I feel like it's no – it was kind of no difference in a way, kind of like it kind of really isn't a difference. And it's just got a lot of guys that's hungry. Uh, in my opinion, I'm always say Juco is more competitive than anything, you know, because you got guys coming from bounce backs from power five schools, uh, which I had one on my team. His name was uh, Hunter Rising. Uh, you know, uh, Andre Rising, his son, and then the ones at Michigan State. And that's actually a person that I've learned from two at Fuller's in college. Uh, from him playing at that power five level like that, then coming in the JUCO. So I was kind of already accustomed to it just from being around him and taking in the knowledge of staying out of practice and getting a lot of work in. That's the second time Hunter Risen's name's come up on my show. Uh, so, Somebody else put him up? Uh, yeah, crazy, man. Uh, I told you that California JUCO connection is real. Uh, we had a linebacker from Texas A&M Commerce on by the name of Mike Noble, and uh, he talked about – Oh, that's my guy. Yeah, he's from – yeah, he's from uh, JUCO too, yeah. Yep, yep. So he talked mm-hmm. about Hunter Rising, and I think that goes to show the brotherhood that is Juco, where you guys are grinding yeah. every opportunity. So, you know, talk about that brotherhood a little bit, because you talked about the 27 guys who played in that championship game who went Juco, and kind of the, the mentality, it has to be a little different to get out of Juco and get that opportunity. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's a, um, it's a team. It's very like a team, like family-oriented. You know, a person that eat that day or you would make sure, hey, let me – he's a lineman, you know, so I know he's – I need him to block for that quarterback so he can give me the ball. Like, we will make sure everybody's fed, you know, not just on the field, but, you know, whether we all going half on pizza, uh, we always make sure linemen are fed, our quarterbacks are fed. And uh, just that brotherhood, like, we've had guys that get evicted in the middle of the season, you know, have nowhere to go on the borderline or flying back home. And, we, you know, we'll take them in, you know, and uh, that's, that's just how we – you know what I'm saying? Nobody's better than the other. We're all together. You know, we're all trying to make it out. You know, whether we're spending hours and hours in study hall, you know, trying to get work done together so we all can graduate and get the associates and, you know, live out our dream. And um, for the most part, I think, yeah, that's what that's how it is. Yeah, we're really that tight. I'm, you know, we're all still in contact now. Like, I even talked to Hunter now about my process with the USFL league now. You know, I would love to reunite with him. You know, so because he's um, the USFL molars picked him up. They picked him up. So, you know. You know, and you obviously spent time at Southern University, but 
like we alluded to, Winston-Salem State is, you know, where you ended your college career. So talk about what led you to enter the transfer portal and ultimately move on from Southern. And, you know, give us a little insight. The portal's a crazy world right now. We all I mean, oh, yeah. too much about it. So what was your portal experience like? Uh, you know, it was definitely a mental game. You know, it was definitely mental. I was second guessing myself, like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have got in there or moved a little too fast, which my mom and them, they thought I was moving too fast and they didn't want me to go in there. But like I said, it's, um, I had an opportunity where I could have went to Norfolk State with Coach Aldous, but like I said, I wanted to choose a different path. And as a matter of fact, what led me to Winston was that uh, I was getting recruited out of Jugo to come to Winston, uh, which was up under Robert Massey. He's played 10 years in the league. Um, but yeah, oh, that guy, he's been, he's been trying to get me for a while now. And we talked, as soon as I put my name in the portal, he reached out to me immediately. Um, you know, we talked and said, Hey, I was, I was trying to get home. He said, well, you come on, you know, I have a spot for you here. We're going to pay for you because come on, I want you here. And like I said, that's how that came about. And I've also like, uh, my cousin named Carlos Fields, uh, he's an alumni of West Southern State, um, he went there and played all his years there and got him picked up by the coach. So, which he plays for spending, he, he's bounced around the lead a couple of times on different couple of practice squads. But I kind of want to pick up where he left off, you know, build his legacy and return the favor. And also, me being all this traveling from different places, my, my family never got to like physically see me playing the game. It's always been TV and live streams and them giving me that opportunity to come, you know, that would be a blessing. That would be very personal. So talk about what it was like, you know, you set foot on campus. Like you said, you got to go home. You got to be back in your home mm-hmm. state, play at a prestigious good, university, an HBCU with a lot of rich tradition. So what, what what was it like your first practice, you know, being back in your home state and, you know, just all the emotions? I felt good. You know, I kind of felt relaxed knowing, like, you know, so I can drive to practice and then – because I'm not going to lie. Um, we pra- our first practice was, I think, like a Thursday. And, you know, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we was off. So, able to drive to practice and say, like, hey, I get to go home, you know, right after this practice. I mean, I get to go ahead and take this two-hour drive and drive home. And I had to go back to my room apartment and just relax and chill or call family. I could actually go back. When the first thing I did was hop in my car and drove all the way back. And, you know, I asked the family, like, hey, let's go to Texas Royale. Let's eat. You know, and that felt real good being able to do that, you know. And um, I'm thankful. I'm very thankful for that, you know. So, you know, having the opportunity to play at the different levels of college football, going D1, going Juco, you've seen a lot of different competitions. So what would you want people to know about some of those smaller levels, whether it be Juco, D2? What would you want people to know about the different levels and how they compare to that D1 level? Uh, I say now with being the transfer portal and everything going on, a lot of people are having a hard time finding homes. Uh, so I think it's a lot of mixture as in, Guys are from D1 AA or dropping down D2 or people from Power 5 having to come down, you know, and then you got, you know, because all of the transfer portal rules and stuff. I think that mm, I say Power 5 is Power 5, and you can't change that. Yeah, but as far as D1 AA and D2, I feel like that's the same kind of ball. I don't feel like there's no difference in those two unless it's those one of those. As far as HBCUs, I'm going to say that. You know, as far as the uh, D1AA's, as in you're talking like South Dakota State, those ones like that, North Dakota State, yeah, that's different type. That's different. But as far as HBCU, bro, I feel like it's all the same. 
You know, it's, it's, it's all the same. It's no difference. We covered some NAIA football teams on this show this year. We talked to Joe Dolinchek from Morningside University, and, you know, he talked about how these different levels are coming up. I mean, we just saw an NAIA team only lose to a D1 team by five points, you know. So the, yeah. the different levels are coming up. But I want to ask you, you know, you having, you know, the opportunity to travel and play football in a lot of different places, you've got to make a lot of memories. So do you have a football memory that maybe sticks out as being a cut above the rest as, you know, like, Hey man, that was always going to be the number one special moment. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to bring up, uh, I got two, uh, but my main one is uh, my first Jugo game. You know, that was my first game out there getting out the plane. Uh, Cause what happened was when I flew in from Cal, I didn't even go to camp with them. I flew right in the first week of their first game, which they played Golden West. So I flew in that week. Uh, it was that week, obviously, they just traveled me um, just to see how stuff goes. That that second week, you know, they let me open the door up and they were playing this little rival game called Riverside, which they are real known. SoCal, Juco, Juco College, too, that are very known and have a, a high, you know, they have basically a lot of guys, too, that go on and they put a, they have a high success rate, too, of getting guys to the next, next level to play D1, AA, Power 5, and and stuff. So I just knew that they had one corner that was already committed to Oregon, which was a safety. And at the time I knew that, hey, if I go ahead and get tape against this guy like this, that looks good on me. You know, they get my name out there, especially coming from, you know, North Carolina. North Carolina is a basketball state. So, you know, during the whole game, and I mean, the third play I was in, uh, the coach said, hey, uh, you know, Fog, I want you to go outside. I don't even want you to go slot. You know, this is show that put someone versatile that you can play outside too and not just inside of your height. And, you know, like I said, they they called a play, which I had a post, and it was one-on-one with me and him, you know, and I took it 45 yards. And that was that was a real big moment to see that and then get back in the locker room. My phone is going off, you know, with family. Uh, that was a blessing. Then another time was um, this past season, I had the opportunity we went to Winston State. We had the opportunity to come to Ohio to play in a Tom Benson stadium, um, Tom Benson Hall of Fame um, classic. Uh, we spent the whole weekend out there, really, but it was, that was a big TV game, not just like your regular ESPN and all that. That was the NFL Network, and uh, it was like 14, 14 15,000 people, I think, that was there, and that was the only game that was on that day, I think. Um, you know, and that was a blessing, too, to see that my family back home was, was cooking out having like a little mini tailgate and everything. And that was real good to, you know, to, so they can be able to do that. That was, that was a blessing. Was that your first time at the hall of fame? Yes. That's why I said it. Yes. My very first time. What? I love the museum. The museum. I was going to say, what was your favorite part of that? I mean, I grew up like an hour from the pro football hall of fame. So I've been, I've been okay. several times. So what was, what was probably, you know, did you have a moment? Obviously if you haven't been on the field, the field is just, Amazing and being in the no, stadium was just crazy. But what was your favorite part of the Hall of Fame? I say it was um, my favorite part was I say when Doug Williams came in and talked, that was a blessing. You know, he he gave us some knowledge and um, he said some stuff that you know I still translate with me for the rest of my life. You know, and I thought that's that's that was a real touching moment, and uh, I, I love that. You know, like he told us, uh, seize every opportunity you get in life. You know, and just hearing that, man, that's just 
that that left a weight off, you know, my back. You know, I came far. You know, it started in Fullerton. You know, if I would have gave up, who knows what you know what could have happened. So, you know, and as a wide receiver, obviously one of the best things about being a wide receiver is making the big catch and scoring the touchdowns. Everybody, everybody loves when you get in the end zone. And in today's you know NFL, we see a lot of elaborate touchdown celebrations from wide receivers. We got the gritty, um, all those things. Did you have a patented touchdown celebration? Did you have a dance that was uniquely yours, or what was your go-to TD celebration? Uh, I never did it in college, my collegiate career, but I've done it in high school. Uh, which um, is kind of pretty corny, but in high school, I used to, when I used to school, I used to uh, do a dance called the whip. Which was I used to do that because Beckham was doing that, and uh, I actually wore thirteen in college because of that. Him too. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's so. Uh, we like it. That is definitely. That's the first time I've had that one as a TD celebration. So <laughs> in high school, yeah, I had to show you that clip, man. That is. So wow. like we like we talked about, you know, the goal is now to play pro football. You know, obviously. You, you've done the college journey, and now it's time to go pro. And you've had some cool opportunities. FCS Bowl, HBCU Pigskin Showdown. So talk about what it was like to get to be a part of those two prestigious bowl games and, you know, your experience with both of them. It was this opportunity. You know, I looked at everything, opportunity. I was really – I'm really excited I got an opportunity about the FCS Bowl. That has really opened up doors, especially rebuilding that relationship with John Peterson. Uh, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed about that. You know, even down there, not even just I keep picking back on USFL, but I did talk to the coach down there. You know, that was the only other, that was the only NFL team I did talk to. Down there. But it's just knowing that even the agent agents on the panel, even those scouts, they were talking to us, man. It's just how they preach so much about like just having a degree. You know how much that leads to when that when you're done playing your you know, you're playing your years in, you're making your money. It's just you have so much more to fall back on. You know, they took a lot. They said a lot of stuff, too, that sticks with me. But just having that opportunity, Dan, and to showcase what I can do, not only in HBCU ball, but against other guys that are at, you know, so that's coming from bigger schools and that aren't HBCUs and knowing I can still run past these guys and just play strong hands and quickness, you know, even with them. You know, so I was very thankful for that opportunity right there. Very thankful. You know, when HBCU football is on the rise, you know, especially with what Deion Sanders did there at Jackson State, you know, if you could talk to people who maybe haven't caught many HBCU games or are just getting to HBCU football and are starting to experience really the elite talent that's at that level and that's at these institutions, what would you want people to know about what HBCU football has to offer? Um, HBCU, it offers a lot, you know. I know a lot of people might think, oh, I don't go to this big school. I won't have opportunity playing bowl games or, get out or have a shot to – or even to be sitting on this phone talking to you right now, being a prospect, having these opportunities to talk to people and stuff, and that's a lot, you know, because at the end of the day, it's all about what you can do, you know, and how you go about your business on the field and off the field. And I just feel like that's just all it is. It's all about who you know, too. I'm starting to realize it's a lot about who you know in this game. Like, it's a lot about who you know. And um, I just say that any opportunity is is a blessing that you get to play ball. You know that. So, you know, don't get down on yourself. Even if you have to start off, if you have aspiration to really want to go play that power five level, you can always start off with the HBCU. And um, 
take advantage of that opportunity, make the most of it, and then make those decisions as they come with the incident transfer portal and trying to give yourself an opportunity to try to get a chance to go power five. But God always has a plan for, for everybody, you know, so. You know, when you talked about any opportunity to play in football, just being a blessing, you know, a lot of guys don't understand that when you, you know, declare for the draft and you go for these pro opportunities, it's not just NFL or bust anymore. Obviously, everybody wants no. to play in the NFL, but mm-hmm. you know, the CFL, USFL, XFL, European opportunities, Japan. So what would you, you know, if you could talk to a guy who's coming out, who's like, man, well, if I don't get to the NFL, is it over? What would you want these guys to know about some of these alternate leagues and really, you know, the blessing and opportunities that they have? Oh, uh, like when I sat down, I'm talking with John Peace when we talked. We talked about a good hour at the LCS Bowl. Like you mentioned to me about giving me background about the USFL. I didn't know about as far as the pay and how they operate. But, you know, like we, like I said, like, you know, they put in a lot of dozen of guys into the NFL from this past season. You know, one of them was a pro bowler, Kavante Turpin. Uh, that's that's a blessing. He took advantage of the opportunity. Even before then, he was playing at Herb League. And um, that's a blessing. You know, everything – you know, every all these other leagues they're doing are develop, they're develop, they're developing. They're getting you more. Some guys may need more film. Uh, you got some guys that may be on the verge of retiring and having to come down. Because I'm seeing guys in the XFL draft that were playing in the league for a long time come down, almost getting done. And I think I just seen Johnny Menzel get picked up. So it's like you know, a lot of it's just it's opportunity. You know, opportunity for guys to keep playing. Like DeAndre Francois was a great quarterback. Uh, getting his opportunity. Um, I think it's Jeremy Martin out there at A&T. He's got his opportunity. And so I think, you know, these leagues are, you know, they're a blessing. You can still take care of your family, make a decent amount of money, and, and still play the game that you love. You know, and then after that, it can lead to more other opportunities. You know, so I feel like everything is is, is a blessing, especially with me. I, I'm coming from that small town, small town area, man, so – just being in my position right now is a blessing. I've been living, been living my dreams, you know. So, you know, I'm just excited to see what happens, whether that's US, USFL, XFL, CFL, or I don't mind, you know. I'm, you know, I'm ready to accept that opportunity and make the most out of it. You know, we talked about obviously you being a pro prospect. There's a lot of wide receivers who have declared this year, a lot of really good wide receivers, you know. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about what separates you from some of these other guys who have declared for the draft and are pro prospects this year. What separates you from those guys? Um, I say my quickness. You know, I learned a lot of guys are, are quickness, but I'm coachable with it. You know, I know when to use my speed and when not to. You know, as far as like you're running your drag across, I know when to, you know, to sit it down and when there's, hey, if I go too far, I if I keep going all the way across my draft, of course, the uh, the Sam on the mic was over there. So knowing that, hey, just send it down and hurry up and get, you know, get, in, the, get in the quarterback's vision so he can give me the ball, you know. And it's just stuff like that. And not even to mention that, I'm very coachable, very, very coachable. And I know that when I'm in film study, even since Juco, I would take, you know, I would so – other guys would get mad at me and be like, come on, Ken, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get some sleep. We got to practice more. And I would always say, hey – I'm always critiquing myself, like, hey, how can I have done this better coach or how can I make this better coach, you know? And I'm not ashamed to say I feel like my biggest problem is blocking. You know, it's, better, it's, it's getting up in there blocking, and, you know, and 
that's something I've been working on even within my training now. My training is Charlie Williams, but, you know, blocking, you know. So just being very coachable and not having too many mistakes. And then going in there, I know a lot of guys when after the game, they go and talk about they come to the film, they go into the plays that they made. And they're not, they're not going to the plays that they messed up on me. I'm going strictly to my plays that I messed up on. And that's what I'm thinking about that whole week going into the next game plan as I'm prepping to go against scout team. Like, hey, let me work on this. So I want to make that mental error on tape next week. You know, and that's just me. So, You know, and one thing that makes or breaks a career before it starts in <laughs> professional sports is your character, your off-the-field yes, character. You so, know, so if you get the opportunity to play professional football, one of these teams brings you in, what are they getting from you as a person? Uh, very, you know, very family oriented. You know, I'm, I'm I'm really engaged with the community. I'm engaged in my community now back home. I've been doing some work for years of helping out with uh, with Thanksgiving turkeys giving away and going and talk to. I even talked to middle school uh, back here in Henderson for their last game, and just being real, you know, having great manners and you know knowing how to talk to people can be great communication skills and. Just knowing that I'm somebody out there you can trust in the public and know what they're doing. And I know that now, too, they look at, like, people blow their money. That's not my mindset to do that. My mindset is to buy my grandfather's house, you know, buy my house on his land. And, you know, and that's, that's just been my goal. So, You know, when you talk about your family and you talk about how much they've meant to you, you know, to go through the journey you've went through to get to where you are today, it takes a really strong support system. So can you talk about the support system you have in place and just – how important and how much they meant to you throughout this journey? Uh, my family, you know, they mean a lot. You know, they they they've been supporting me throughout some down. You know, especially my moms and my grandfather. Uh, those have been my real big two supporters. Uh, my granddad, he, um, you know, he's he didn't get the opportunity to play ball. You know, all the, he played in high school a little bit, but you know, he's just I think he's really pretty much living his dream through me. It feels like, but he. Um, you know, he's he's always there. If I have a bad game, he's there. And good game, he's there. And that's just how it is. He's always talking and making sure that if I need anything, you know, he has my back. Especially out there in California, he's had my back a lot. You know, as far as my mom, too, anytime I need I have a bad game, she's already knowing, like, I know you're going to call me. So, you know, so that's um, those, those two, man. I can't thank God enough for those, for my, my support system. You know, when you touched on earlier about, you know, with your size, a lot of people might think like, oh, he's a slot receiver. We got to put him in the slot. Yes. You've been outside. You've you've been a vertical threat. So talk about how you feel that even though maybe you're not 6'3", 220 at the wide receiver position, your versatility and your route running ability allows you to play multiple positions within that wide receiver group. Um, just um, I say that – can you repeat that? I'm sorry. No, yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously when guys see 5'10 at wide receiver, they're going to put you in the slot. Everybody's going to think 5'10 is the slot. So with your ability to play outside, to play in the slot, what what would you tell someone if they're like, hey, he's only a slot receiver, he's 5'10? Why would you tell someone like, hey, no, I can play outside if I need to? I just ask for the opportunity. I would ask for the opportunity to go out there to put it on tape, show that I can do it. Uh, I've been in situations like that before to where people might not have thought I was outside receiver, but I've executed, you know. Even from that, I can kind of say, you know, even with, they can say the uh, the slot, but 
at the end of the day, I went against six two, six three safeties and still flew right past them. Or even the FCS bowl, I had one clip pulled up on there. It was one on one, and um, I was going against a I was going against a guy from Stanford, and uh, he's six two. Yeah, it was a fade ball. It was one on one. It was fifty fifty ball at that. Still caught it. You know, you know, just caught it through. Just went through his hands what I was taught. So I just thought that I could still get it done. You know, any platform. Yeah, man, I just needed I just needed opportunity. So with now, obviously the goal is pro football. College career is over, so now the goal is pro football. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, "Holy cow, I'm now training and preparing to pay my bills with football"? Did that moment ever hit you, or has it just been full business? It's been full business. Like I said, I already had my. Back up plan in full motion, like you said too. So I'm trying to I'm working both of the both of the careers right now. You know, it's a lot, but I'm blessed. But um it's it's a time where I've always had that mindset. When I said to myself back there in Jugo when you know, when my um receiver coach named uh, Griff, he said, Hey, a lot of you guys or if you leave, you're going back home to do what? What is home? You know, and like I look at like if you go through stuff here, fly back home. You're going to deal with stuff there. So it's like at the end of the day, it's just I knew that, hey, that was nothing back home. Let me get through this, and this is something I want to do, you know, for the, for my life. You know, this is what I really want to do, and I want to accept everything that comes to it. So I feel like that I'm already in debt with football just because I put myself in a situation to go sleep on living room floors and do stuff like that. So I feel like that I owe it to myself to keep, you know what I'm saying, to give it a try. You know, so. so, you know, with the game of football, obviously, you know, it's opened a lot of doors for you. you I mean, you went from North Carolina to California just from the game of football. So with all the traveling and all the places you've gotten to go and all the opportunities you've had with football, do you ever have to stop and go, dude, I didn't play this till I was a sophomore in high school, the 10th grade. Like, does it, does it ever hit you that, like, I didn't grow up doing Like, it was 10th grade as, you know. Has that moment ever hit you, or did it always just feel like, nah, I feel at home on this football field? Um, like I said, I love my journey, though. It's been some ups and downs and flying here, there, there. And like I said, I can't I can't trade it, and I wouldn't want to be doing nothing else. You know, I can't really want to be doing nothing else at the end of the day. It's, it's, I know a lot of people, like my mom, she just said, hey, as long as you get a degree. So I've made her happy, too, and got, you know, my associates and my bachelor's, so. You know, I'm 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 pretty I'm thankful. You know, so I say I can't I can't really I don't know how to really what to really say on that it's just you know I'm happy for it all to be I'm happy for everything. I'm happy how it turned out with everything. You know, you talked about that degree. And so I want to have you give a few pieces of advice to a high school athlete. I want to start with the academics. It's something that guys don't think about. Guys don't understand that if you don't have grades, you're not playing. You know, that's just bottom line. Yes. If you're not eligible in the classroom, you're not getting on the field. And you talked about how how much it meant to you to have those degrees, you know, to have both the associates and the bachelors to have completed that. If you could talk though to a high school kid who's like, nah, man, it don't matter. I'm good at football. They'll 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 don't yeah, worry about my grades. What would you tell them? Yeah, because like I said, I really want to pick back on that because like I said, like, I know guys in high school that were you know pretty decent, uh, but they didn't get the opportunity because of grades, you know, so they stuck in that neighborhood legend, you know, we had a college and uh, I always wanted more than that. You know, I wanted my name to go 
going places and reach places that it has not that play people have not have gotten opportunities to go in my hometown. So like I said, I will always tell somebody like I've talked I've talked to a couple of high school guys now from my hometown. I just tell them, I said, what do you do? I just say, hey man, my academics like exactly how I hit the field is how I hit my books. Cause at the end of the day when the game is over, you're gonna have to rely on your academics. You know, so that's just that's been a real pet peeve of mine just getting this work done. Uh, my mom did a good job of standing on me for that, you know. So just knowing that I'm going to have to have this degree and you're going to need one day you're going to need it. It's for anybody. Anybody could need it. You know, when you talked about your journey and how you had to grind to get opportunities, you had to reach out to mm-hmm. these coaches, you had to use social media. Yep. And in today's day and age, social media is a weapon. You can use it as a weapon yes. to further your career. So if you could talk to a high school kid who maybe is under-recruited, they're not getting offers, they're not getting looks, what did you tell them about utilizing a platform like Twitter or other social media outlets to help get their name out there and get themselves opportunities? I say they should reach out to, to some of these uh, recruit services on there. I've used one called DFW. Um, I've used uh, Tuco Frenzy. I use those two guys all through through uh, junior college, you know. But like I say, as far as some high school, just doing your traditional reaching out, emails, going up on there, clicking coaching staff or staff directory, and just sending your tape, height, weight, transcripts, and you know, just keep faith. You know, I used to always wake up in the morning, sometimes eight, nine o'clock. And or sometimes I'll stay up to like two or three o'clock in the morning, just sending emails, just sending emails, trying to get that opportunity then refresh in the morning. Some mornings I did have no luck. So, you know, just just doing that and, you know, praying you get opportunities. But everything is based off faith, you know. So I just feel like you got to have faith and make sure you really take care of the academics because if you don't have that, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because I've I've known guys too that were really good in my in my at Fullerton in college, but they didn't get the opportunity because of grades. So you know. So I also got to ask you because you know with with your experience of you know not getting the offers fresh out of high school, and with you know the fact that as a five ten wide receiver, there's times where guys are gonna be like, ah, if he was six three, I would have gave him an offer. Like you talked about with yeah. Texas Tech. If you could talk to a kid who's going through that, who's like, man, if I was two inches taller, what'd you tell a kid though about just like, hey, stay the course and understand, like, man, if you want it, go get it. What would you tell a kid about being in that situation where they feel like they're overlooked? Uh, just use it as fuel. Just use it as fuel to your tank. You know, don't get too overwhelmed. Don't get you know down on yourself. And you know, like you said, stay the course. You know, just. You know, if you have to go and bitch to somebody and your family or anything and talk about it, but just use that as true. You know what I'm saying? Don't give up. You know, just keep going. Just keep grinding. There are guys in every league at this pro level that are, that are short. Some of these guys, they play ball better than some of these guys that are six plus. You know, Tyreek Hill is a prime example. He's better than a lot of guys that are six plus. So it's like, at the end of the day, you know, it's just even Kevontae Turpin, he's short. I mean, even size, I think, and you still got it done. And you just got to, you know, you just got to have belief in yourself. And just uh, you may have to work a little harder, but, you know, just get it done. That's truly what you want. Just keep grinding. You know, we've talked about what you bring all in the field. We've talked about the type of person you are off the field. And, you know, the ultimate goal is that come this time next year, 
the bills are being paid by football, that you're a pro athlete playing professional football. So at the end of the day, why should one of these professional teams take a shot on you and bring a guy like Keon Fogg in? Uh, because like I said, I'm, I'm very coachable. You know, I come from that, I come from that jugo grind. So that says it's enough that, Hey, I'm not all into the flashy or, you know, looking good and everything. I'm into getting done what you need to get done. Cause at the end of the day, I know you got to pay your bills. I have to pay my bills. I'm just trying to do execute and get my job. Cause I know at the end of the day, if I'm not doing my job, I won't go and recruit somebody else. And my coaches at Fullerton, they made that pretty clear to us. So me just knowing like, Hey, somebody can be here right now. The next day they're gone. We kept it like that pro mentality at junior college. It wasn't too many chances. Oh, you can't get a chance now. They just go get somebody else. They want your spot. So just knowing I already had developed that mindset, you know, at the freshman, sophomore years to know like, Hey, this, everything's a business, you know? So just to come in with the right, right mindset, sense of urgency and just execute. And just knowing that if you don't get it done, you're out the door. So. Keon, I've had an absolute blast having you on today, man. Thank you so much for hopping on and joining us today. Yes, sir. Folks. That was Keon Fogg, 2023 NFL and just all-around pro prospect, wide receiver from Winston-Salem State University. But that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.